Welcome to the Quack 12 Podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast. Be sure to leave us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Visit the Quack 12 Patreon for more Quacktastic Entertainment. And now, your hosts, Adam Chameo and Darren Schroeder. Quack. 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 We suck. Quack. We really suck. 12 and... Oh! Uh, except 0 and 2 against our rivals. I am your host, Adam Chameo. No boy. I'm Aaron Schroeder. That's right. Aaron Schroeder, the boy. Um, I f- oh, I f- boy. Uh, yeah. Aaron, no sugarcoating it. We got our asses kicked by our most ancient of rivals. Uh, we were up 21 points. That is right, in the third quarter. And then a complete meltdown in, uh, in a game that has a banished name that we will never say on this podcast but is now referred to as the Platy. Uh, I would say this is the, I don't know, second Platy, I think, in the history mm-hmm. of all Platys. And the Beavers have won it. And holy shit, my man, that could be <laughs> the all-time, I don't know, but it could be the all-time biggest Oregon football letdown. Or, or you know, like just, just like blown lead, I would say. What are your thoughts? Just, just I mean, we're going to dive into it, Aaron, but... Doesn't it seem fair that... Is it unfair? Yes. That I feel so prone to want to blame Dan Lanning? No, he's the head coach, dude. His like, job is to be blamed. He seemed a bit too aggressive. Some would certainly seemed- say that. Seem like a whole lot of slapping a you know what on a, a who knows what. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the funny thing, this is what it kind of comes down to me for me is uh, yeah. you know, and I said this in the beginning, right? Is that in my head, special teams, and a lot of people have said this, who knows if it's actually a good indicator, who's to say, but I always think of like special teams because they're so vitally important. But also, you know, sometimes people don't even have special teams coaches. And sometimes it's maybe the last kind of thing that you think about. And it's hard to kind of motivate sometimes people on special teams because it's not as flashy as being on the defense or offense, you know. Getting those players to rally and play really hard. So the special teams play can kind of be an indicator of, like, how you are doing as – a football coach, kind of the full hog, you know, of it all. And it it felt like it really did catch up where there were so many times where our offense, and specifically Bo Nix, a 100% healthy Bo Nix, which he was not, clearly, sure. um, was good enough that we were able to just get past our flaws, including we would regularly have second half meltdowns. You know, that's when right. other teams would score a bunch of points on us. Um, and so it, and there were times like throughout the season where I kind of felt like he's like, you know, like we're probably not as good as an 11 one team, but 
our offenses, like our defenses but, and, and our special teams aren't. So but then but, this felt like it all catching up finally. Right. And to that point with an injured Bo Nix, again, I can't help but maybe want to blame Dan Lanning for that because sure. that was at the end of like a near 11-minute drive yeah. against yes. Washington when he got hurt. I Clearly, mean, that's the he's moment. he's pushing yeah. these kids maybe too far. Well, I mean, and he's this breaking is football, them. Baby. He's <laughs> Yeah. Is he making rookie mistakes as a head coach? No. Well, let me tell you this. This is, I mean, this is a tale as old as time with Justin Herbert, oh boy. you can say, too. Um, so the way college football, the uh, way our football team is built, clearly our offense, Kenny Dillingham, our offensive coordinator, by the way, no longer with us. He is actually, which which is tough because he is the dude who's like, they have said, orchestrated this offense, right? And he's gone. Um, he is gone because he was offered, Aaron, have you ever heard of this? Uh, coach comes to Oregon, and then they get offered the dream school from the place where they are from, yeah. the head coaching job opportunity, and they have to take it. Well, it's happened one more time because he was actually, I believe he was on the Arizona State. I want to say he was on the coaching staff. I don't think he played for them. I kind of forget. I definitely should know, but eh, whatever. Definitely has a lot of connections with Arizona State. Literally, you know, grew up there. And now he is their head coach. So replacing Herm Edwards makes sense. Um but That's been postulated and rumor milled for a bit, exactly. I feel like. And it, and it came to fruition. So what? What does this mean? Dan Lanning's going to Auburn, the piece of shit? Is that what's happening <laughs> next? Is dude, that how dude, this is dude, going, dude. fucking motherfuckers? Everybody's just fucking bailing because fuck everybody. <laughs> you're you're walking through like my mindset. But luckily I can tell I can I love that you're paying attention because I can shut down the Auburn thing at least. Good. Uh most giant head coaching positions as of this moment are covered, you know, that would want to steal maybe a Dan Landing or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the Auburn one was, you know, like rumored to be potential. Not going to happen because they actually hired Hugh Freeze, coach of Liberty, which is a very, like, Christian mm -hmm. school. Hugh Freeze is a dude with bad fucking scandals, including just generally being a Isn't that what bag. Auburn's trying to get away from? Uh, not, apparently they're trying to run headfirst into it. So they're a fucking garbage fire or whatever. Hey, res respect to them for leaning in, yeah. I guess. We're like, let's lean into the scumbag thing. Um, so cool. <laughs> you know what people like? A great villain. Yeah, so that's fun. I mean, I love when they're a villain, so that's cool. Um, yeah, but that being said, so Dan Lanning's offense and a lot of college footballs, but with the RPO, is crucial that you run the quarterback. When you right. run the quarterback, it's opening up this. And, like, the NFL is going through this, too, right? The renaissance of just, like, with your Lamar Jacksons and, you know, like Kyler Murrays and shit and stuff like that. Uh, just mobile quarterbacks. It's just, like, even if it's not necessarily your first thing, having that ability adds so much. That's why our offense was, like, the, the most efficient in the entire country is because Bo Nix was also a threat straight up running the ball. He was not. He, like... There were times where, because he was injured, you could tell he couldn't get the full force of a throw that he totally would have hit if he was healthy. Right. And, and, right. and so if you want to blame him for it's like, I mean, that specific call that he got injured 
clearly was the wrong call. Hindsight is twenty twenty, um, and we were, you know, but like, you know, so it's like it's one of those things. It's like I don't blame him for like having to run the quarterback, and I can't blame Dan Lanning for not having a suitable backup because that wasn't he's it's his first season, you know, mm-hmm. so. All these first season things, nine win season. Overall, I'm still like this season is is a success. But at the same time, I feel like I'm lying to myself because when you lose to the Huskies in meltdown fashion and the Beavers yes. in meltdown fashion, and we could okay. have gone to a Pac-12 championship game if we yep. beat the Beavers. Look, stuff. This is what I was thinking about all last night when I was trying to route, I was trying to figure out what my yeah what my emotional reaction should be. Should I go full throttle, hot heat attack viciously upon Dan Lanning and but or under? I think the problem is that a fine enough season for a first year coach, but as far as tradition goes. He kind of just pissed all over it, I guess. Well, you mean <laughs> right? by by losing? <laughs> by being too headstrong. He, I well, think, allowed his <laughs> desire to be seen as a badass get in the yeah. way of just making sure you look good for the fans in the two most important games. They were definitely not able, straight up not able. Well, I mean, they scored goddamn, like, how much is it? 31 points. It's been, I don't even want to, like, think about this game, so it's hard to talk about it. (laughs) You know, they scored a good amount of points, like, enough points to win. Yeah. The real, what really happened is, like, they, like, two special teams blunders. Three, really. Because you had a blocked punt, like, a blocked punt crucial you had the like botched punt that was truly like that like but even though the beavers were doing super well without that happening the the win does not happen and that has not happened all season so it's just like but like that's just have to wonder though don't don't you see those things as a head coach don't you see those things happening on the field and then you go Okay, you know what? Maybe we don't go for it on fourth on our twenty yard line. It's I mean, hey, Aaron. Maybe it's, it's arguable. Yeah, I mean, you're right the to say fact either way. You know that he was so hard headed about going for it on fourth every time, even deep in our own territory. Yeah, and, and yeah. then to think that he could be sneaky enough to try a couple of runs with Knicks. In the end, when so clearly they've just been waiting for that to happen. Well, and he doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have that quick speed right right now at all. So, you know, I can't fault the players for this loss, I don't think, because they are a group of kids who I think have been repeatedly pushed maybe a little too far, and I think it showed itself in the Washington game. And so I, I have to question our head coach. I, think. I don't. Yeah. Well, I, I understand no, his I mentality for sure, but I have to wonder if he's, if he's, if he's, if it's too much. Oh, uh, 
He did. Yeah, Dillingham did graduate from ASU, by the way. But yeah, oh, wow. um, I get what you mean. And to add an ugly look to a horrible game, DJ Johnson, man known for being a defensive end, then a tight end, then an edge rusher, you know, uh, back to being you know an edge rusher. Uh, he was seen sucker punching a Beavers fan after the game. I will say this. It was kind of fucked up that I was like... In suit or in civilian? He was in the suit. Beaver fan was just walking by. I'm sure probably talking shit, but doesn't justify. Dude was walking away, and then you swung, you you know, blindside swung him. Look, so he, you want to punch somebody, you do of it out of Jersey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you want to punch somebody, do it in your civvies. Yeah. Beaver's it, face, meet him in the parking lot. It Don't was kind it. of messed up that it was like the, the players were on the field so quickly in the duck like you there were so many images of like duck football players walking through like a hundred beaver fans yeah and all of them clearly just talking so it's like well you know and i get rushing the field and shit like that but there is a point where it's like it happened very fast if you throw in thousand fans immediately walk with players that just had a devastating loss Mm-hmm. And you start talking shit. It's like there are there there is going to be points. Which, I'm not saying they add. You know, like I personally am like eh, DJ Johnson hit Adam, the transfer portal. You know, I don't you'll know. be happy to know. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you did that because this is exactly what I wanted to talk about next. One one Which, one really quick detail. Dante Thornton also has already hit the transfer portal. Probably going to get more news. He's the receiver who's emerged as of late. You know, especially like alongside Troy Franklin, he was recruited, uh, really highly touted. Kind of emerged when Chase Coda was injured, but uh-huh. now he's not on the team anymore. So, oh. best of wish to you, buddy. Okay, well, destroyed a perfect segue with that little Sorry. piece of information. Sorry, I just had to say it. I I was going to say. I know, your mind is shit. Oh, man, I killed your momentum. You've brought up something that was really important, which is that there was a lot of moments in the game, and then especially afterwards with the quickness of rushing on the field and just kind of in general bad vibes, Mm -hmm. that I'm pretty sure Oregon State is filled with pieces of shit. And so, therefore, I have now decided... That next year, they will be the team I hate. (laughs) Whoa, I love it. I would like to congratulate Chip Kelly on making it through 12 games uh, as my nemesis. There you Uh, go. He was a great competitor, but I have bested him. I love this. I love that every season you've chosen a new team to hate. This is like a three. I love I Please remember this bit. I mean. Oh, it's a guaranteed fact. Oregon State is hated now well this is this is how and i feel a lot of duck i love that that's super old school duck fan mentality and i love that i would say most duck fans are like you know beavers like kind of rooting for them i hate the huskies is how most people feel um but and i've always said this like when you lose to the beavers this and this game honestly felt a lot like 2016 justin herbert's first season yeah it got Mark Helfrich fired because the Beavers were bad. Yeah. And they finally had beaten us just by running the ball, just like they did it. They only threw the ball four times in the second half. 
He only had six completions. Like wow, they we just couldn't stop the run. We were just humiliated. Yeah, I've decided. I've decided. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna root for the Huskies. Dude, fuck you. Not as what like my number about? one, obviously. But look All at right. it like this. Look at it like this. Okay. It's more important to beat the shit out of Oregon State because then we're the within Oregon is the then Oregon the state belongs mm-hmm. to us. Hmm. Our turf. I get it. Um and the Huskies are great at beating Wazoo, I think. Did they win their game? Well, we'll get into that later. Okay. But, we'll um, get into that later. But you know what I mean? So to have No, I'll, I'll tell you right now actually. Two no, states sorry. to go yeah. against each other. Mm-hmm. You know, this should just be good fun. We're two we're the two best of You're our states. It. Or we're supposed to be. So when Oregon State beats us and then we have to go play Washington next year not as mm-hmm. the best. Well, that's Oregon State's fault. <laughs> and so they're the devil. All right. Well, and the Huskies are just, you know, they're there to hang out with us. Well, Gaby Lucas will be happy that of this news, yeah. I imagine. Um, I don't like it, but I respect your decision. It makes the sure. podcast interesting, I think. And I'm intrigued to see if the scales tip. Historically, I've been the least liked member of the podcast. Maybe, and you've been the heavy favorite, uh, hit the day somewhere in the middle. Maybe this will tip the scales. Well, I will, I don't know, catch up to you? Maybe surpass you? Who's to say? You mean likedness? In likedness, because maybe the whole podcast will fail because suddenly this purely Oregon Ducks podcast has a Husky fan on it? No. I didn't say that. Or maybe I did. But what I meant was, like you said, the you know hmm. a fan of Oregon will, will root. Oregon State. Hmm. Well, that's a bad idea. If you want to root for someone, root for the Huskies because the better they do, and then when we beat them, the better we look. That's good. This is the exact mentality people have for Oregon State versus what you flipped. But they just got the wrong team. That's all I'm saying. You're an interesting guy. We need to be when it comes to representing the Pac-12 on a national level. We need to have our claim on the state of Oregon, and therefore, we have to beat Oregon State every year mm. by at least twenty-one points. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. Uh, well, my man, it was yeah, it was a brutal game. So I there was. Do you think? Uh, yeah, Dan Lanning is fine. I mean, this is what I this is what I think. There is just not enough information to. I mean, do I think we should fucking fire him? No, in his I'm first not year? saying that. Fuck but no. I think yeah, it, I think I, it was his blunder that led us to loss. I'll tell you this: I'm really intrigued to see how we rebound in the whatever bowl game we go to. We don't know, not the Rose Bowl. That's for freaking sure. Um, so, like, Ugh. just to see how much effort. We put into it because honestly, like, you know, a lot of times like Cristobal's bowl efforts were just like wet farts. Like they were just like, yeah, dude, my man, I mean, disappointing to have worked for that team to have worked so hard all season for it to become a cheese. It's bowl. I mean, (laughs) I don't think it can. Well, we'll see what the fuck happens. But um, not only that, but I mean, we may very well be, you know, if we're going to like a crappy bowl game and i am assuming 
Bo Nix wants to go to the NFL this season, most likely, then I would highly recommend don't play in this bowl game. And it'll be good for Oregon, you know, if we're Bo Nixless, to be like, mm-hmm. okay, what do we got right now without Bo Nix? It's I think it even if we get our asks kicked, it's a freaking bowl game. God, what it's a- not gonna make me feel good about losing to our two rivals if we win some fucking bowl game <laughs> like you know what I mean? no so it's I, not i would want a full ty thompson j like if bo Nix is not here i want to see that game and see what the hell happens and and plus it's, so it's like there's just not enough evidence for me to have like to be like have a hot take on landing really i like a lot of his aggressive stuff you know like going like even when he, we're deep in our territory both against Washington and against Oregon State, I kind of felt the same. Where it's like, it's it's fourth and tr- I mean, I felt different when it's a very mobile Knicks versus a clearly not. Which is yet there. again. I wish I'm there was some saying, adjustment there. Maybe I'm also in the end. Say, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying. I think he let. I'm curious if he let himself get in his own way. He was a little I, too pompous. Maybe. It seems like there is... He suffered I mean, the fate of Icarus, my dear boy. Yeah, I mean, in the red zone, it did feel very... Like, there is some Icarus in the Ducks this season, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the hubris of us thinking that we could ever root for a, a team we're good... Hey. No, I want to say this uh, before we bring in our wonderful guest from Addicted to Quack. I want to say that it... By the end of that game, especially the amount of shit talk that I did on Twitter on our oh boy on, our, on the Quack Twelve podcast when we were up twenty one points, yep. I was booking Alicia De Ortola, being like, "Well, obviously we're going to win this game, so I'd like to book you on for next." We're not having Alicia on. I don't want to talk about USC, um, and and not only that, but like. Just I was talking so much shit on Beavers fans, just being an obnoxious troll, and then just all of it came back to me. It really made me think. That's not your, your theory. Normal- you nailed it in the theory of we are the ultimate in a sports movie bad guy yeah. team. We're the bad we're guys. All, we're just doomed to always, even in our best years. We will go to the championship and we'll probably be like favored or something like that. And then we will ultimately lose because that is our lot in life. Or, True evil can never win. Or we win and everybody despises us. Yeah, people write it, it so off. Obviously yeah. a fixed win. Obviously a fixed win or it's like the other team deserved it, but their quarterback. No, no, but it would never be that. It'll always be their quarterback got injured and the backup who was a walk-on uh, yeah. from the hometown of that fucking team, Yeah, rallied back and scored 500 unanswered points because that is our life, our lot in life as Duck fans. Like, just just that's it. Cause that's it, just it baby. Gets to a point where it's just like, why does every team get, even when we're bad, people get a, uh, whatever. <sighs> Aaron, let's bring on, uh, well... I mean, the the Quack 12 resident film reviewer, as well as the managing editor of Addicted to Quack. That is right, Hithliday. <laughs> How you doing, Hithliday? I'm well. How are you? 
Um, I'm doing all right. I I was able to distance myself from the results of the game like pretty quick. I, I'm pretty good at it. And like we're nine <laughs> Even and Even how you're three, running your you know? Twitter account, I would imagine you distance yourself from it pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No joke. Uh, yeah, quick nine and association. <laughs> no, I mean we're nine and three right now. You know, like so that's at least easy enough to yuck to write off. But um, here's the thing. I I got a quick question for you, and this yeah. is just a. Uh, yes or no. That's, that's all mm. I really want. I want to see if you can do this. Um, in 2022, the Oregon Ducks, our defense, does it suck? Um, it doesn't suck, boom, but it's boom. not nearly as good as it ought to be. That's a good answer. Like I, I like. watch, that's kind of answer. Look, man, I watch a lot of Pac-12 defenses. There's a bunch of defenses that I could point out that suck. Um, like they really do. Oregon is more like they they play about seventy five percent of what a good defense ought to look like, and then they don't finish the job. They don't like, mm. you know, they don't finish a sack or they don't finish a game. You know, you know, they they putter out. You know, weak in the fourth quarter, um, or you know, like they, they get their hands on the ball for an interception and then like the other receiver rips it away. You know, I, I, when I watch defenses that suck, they're like, they might as well not be on the field. And like, uh, man, I watched, I think seven of those this year, (laughs) you know, over the course of preparing, um, you know, film study previews for Oregon opponents. Uh, So like that, that's the wrong word. I understand emotionally why, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's Latin fraying saying that, you know, the worst is the best corrupted, you know, like the, 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 the promise and the talent and like what they show you means that when they fail, like it feels, you know, like 75% feels worse than 45% mm-hmm. because, you know, when it's 75%, it's like, Oh, it's right there to be like a good defense. And then it's, you know, and so then the, you know, the disappointment is even more confusing and, and frustrating. Yeah. No. And I think, I mean, obviously in this, I mean, I had flashes of for me the the clear game that was popping in my mind was like the 2016 civil war that got helfrich fired because i remember it was ryan nall right is that yeah. was it yeah and, and it kind of felt the same when jonathan smith was just like and hey, just run the ball and then to be fair there were also just some like fluky the college football gods hate you today things that had to happen that did happen see the thing is it's this game combined every kick in the junk oregon loss into one right like it had yes it it had special teams disasters which is how they lost the fiesta bowl against iowa state and (laughs) the um 2018 game against uh, arizona it had the quarterback you know inexplicably you know unable to complete a pass even though he's fairly accurate all season long which you know that's the 2018 arizona and uh um and 2015 you know lost to utah it's got uh, a complete you know defensive collapse at the end of the game um in which they can't stop you know the the opposing running back the oregon gave up 16 consecutive runs like there's there's a divide in my article that i published this morning like there's this dividing line that's the thing that's like really crazy about it and it happens at the fumble the the third 
when Oregon State turns the ball over the third time, you know, they complete mm-hmm. a pass and they fumble it and Oregon gets the ball back and it's like, you know, hooray celebration. But that's the dividing line because other than like one really long pass that they hit to a tight end who's, you know, undefended up the sideline, Oregon basically stops having good plays on offense after that. And then uh, Oregon State, A, stops running, uh, passing the ball. And B, they run 16 consecutive times and Oregon doesn't stop any of them. The closest that they come to stopping one is they uh, off of that punt fumble. Um, you know, so Oregon State takes over on the two yard line. They run a fullback dive on the first play and Oregon keeps them out of the end zone on that one. Of course, they still gain a yard and then yeah. set up the quarterback sneak for the touchdowns. Like that one doesn't even really count as a success. It's they're 0 for 16 on the final 16 plays of the game, all of which are runs. So like that, you know, that's the 2016 Oregon state loss. Uh, y- you know, you've got, uh, uh I think there's Alamo bowl. Lineman. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, the Alamo bowl in 2015 where there's, the, you know, they're up by a huge number of points and then they basically don't score for the rest of the game. And it's just like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Uh, You've got um, offensive linemen who are normally pretty reliable, making false starts, you know, in critical, you know, junctures in a half full stadium. Yeah. You know, like, of course, uh, of course. And, yeah. and it's just like, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and here's the thing. And they still lose by what you know, was it, four points. Like mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's like every single one of those things needs to happen. Like one fewer you know, one fewer special team. There's four consecutive special teams disasters, right? The one, two, yeah. three, four on, on, right? So they give up a long kick return with a face mask. You can agree or not agree with the face mask, but the kick return was real. They should have kicked it out the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Then when a- after Oregon State scores, they, you know, kick off and Oregon has a, uh, I believe, a holding penalty, which backs them up to their eight yard line. Then they can't go anywhere. So they have to punt. The punt is a disaster. That special teams disaster number three. Then Oregon State promptly scores off of the two yard line. So they kick off. So now Oregon has another kickoff return in which the returner thinks the ball is going to go into the end zone. It yeah. doesn't. And so he's got to try to return it and he only gets it to the, like, like the 10 yard line. So it's like four consecutive special teams disasters in a row any one of which doesn't happen and oregon probably you know hangs on by their fingernails to win the game any of those false starts doesn't happen because each of those false starts wound up taking points off the board uh if bo Nix completes a pass you yeah. know like he doesn't like randomly throw balls into the dirt which like, i'm not really blaming bo Nix for clearly something was wrong although yeah. i can't figure out what it was you know like, i, I like, mean it's totally I, I, baffling I know when, why he, like he yeah. is able to hit uh, some passes and not others. I don't understand it. Like I, I don't have enough about. It does about. seem like like uh, I don't know when when he's in since his injury. It does seem like there are some passes where it's it's just a like a little bit weaker than yeah. you saw before it, and it's, it's I I'm willing to chop. It, it up is a lot strange of those. because it's like his injury is to his right ankle, which is a right-handed quarterback. That's your load foot. So like if you need to generate power for like a deep downfield rainbow, you load up your weight on your back foot and then transfer it. You know by you know rotating through your trunk. You know you transfer onto your plant foot, which is your left foot. So you would think if he has a right 
ankle injury, what would affect is his ability to throw the deep ball. He was throwing the deep ball pretty well. Instead, yeah. it was sort of those intermediate routes where you need to put zip on it. That's more about like arm talent and, and, you know, trunk, you know, being able to throw your trunk, uh, which well, I don't understand why those were the inaccurate ones. Um, yeah. You know, I don't get it, man. Like, just like, you know, every, yeah. So there's sort the, of, a, there was a power outage that yeah, could right. have delayed the game to right. start and like you know and so in one sense there's a god hates the ducks factor to this and that like every single one of these wildly improbable events has to occur and so we're living you know play this game a hundred times you don't get this sequence of events yeah. more than once but we live in the universe in which you know that, that on the other hand like how do you let all of those things happen? You know, like that, yeah. that's why, you know, if you're talking about like referendum on landing, like to some extent, yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is a referendum on a young coach and his first year coaching. Like, you know, there's a, this coaching staff I would describe as being very clever, but often not very wise, you know, yeah. like it's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, Mac Brown's not making those mistakes. You know, uh, like Mac Brown doesn't have a great team at UNC this year. In fact, they finished pretty weak, but they're still going to their conference championship game because that dude's been coaching for 50 years right. and, you know, has won national championships like, uh, you know, uh, um, and I actually feel like that program's fairly comparable to, you know, look up UNC. I know they're on the other side of the country and they've been relevant to most Oregon fans for most of the year, but like they actually track pretty well Oregon versus UNC this year. And the difference is Mac Brown versus Dan Lanning. And like, I don't think the Mac Brown staff is very clever. Um, they're definitely not aggressive enough. Um, in fact, arguably, my, my biggest criticism of Dan Lanning is in a lot of spots, he wasn't as aggressive as he should have been. Like in the Washington game, he should have huh. gone for it on fourth down, um, yeah. you know, instead of kicking that field goal. Um, they should have, you know, they developed a lot of stuff over the course of the season, like the eye formation or having no Sewell run the ball. And then in critical situations where they absolutely had, had to get, you know, one yard, they go with the, you know, a sort of standard play, you know, like, yeah, you know what I mean? It was like, let's have Bo Nix run the ball, you know? And there, yeah, there was a, the, an option where Bo Nix was to take it and try to outrun. Like, yeah, I know, man, felt, which like, I mean, yeah. that came down to him, really. He shouldn't, that yeah. was the wrong read. He shouldn't have done that. But why are you calling a read option play? With shouldn't have been an option, yeah. You know, like, if it's fourth and one, put in Noah Sewell. Why did you develop that play, you know, and put it in to practice, you know, for those weeks at Colorado? To look if cool, that's not you know <laughs> you know i it's uh, honestly my 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 criticism of of the you know like there's i understand the narrative hangs together of like oh he's a young coach and he makes mistakes oh how do young people make mistakes oh they're excessively aggressive and and cute or whatever and it's like actually i, I would think he could be cuter and more aggressive but you know it ultimately still comes down to like wisdom you know like mm -hmm. you need to you know, you need to know when to, you know, make these dice rolls. Um, right. Know when to hold them. Sure. No when um, to run away. And like, uh, yeah, that's yeah. definitely, you know, he lost two rivalry games because, you know, his team wasn't prepared to compete in four, all four quarters. There's, you know, defensive players, you know, disappear, you know, at the ends of games. And, uh, you know, there's some management issues, even though I really appreciate a lot of the management stuff that he does around the margins. Like, you know, Oregon wa beat Wazoo because of management around the margins. Let's, you know, mm -hmm. 
let's not forget that. Like, of course, they sort of dug their own hole by some dumb play calling, you know, decisions in the red zone in the first half. But like, you know, there's there's an aspect of this team that's like it's like watching a very precociously, you know, brilliant. It's like watching Bobby Fischer play chess at six years old. You know, like there is sort of a precociously brilliant aspect to it. And there's also a sort of, you know, dude like you know these are not mistakes that you know long tenured coaches right. make mm-hmm. you know the the happy side of that is that like nobody gets clever as they get older but you do get wiser as you get older so like i'm looking forward to dan lanning a more mature dan lanning in the future and hopefully he doesn't lose you know the edge um so in that sense, there, you know, like this isn't, you know, I'm not grabbing the life rafts, you know, or anything on this. Hey, podcast listener. Hey, Come you. over here. Come yeah. over here. Get over here. Yeah. Huh? Nice headphones you got in here. Oh, yeah, I like those, Chevy. Be a shame if something were to happen to those headphones, eh? Stomped them on the ground, eh? Be real easy to avoid that smashing if you went over to the Quack12 Twitter account and gave us a little follow. Just a little follow, that's all we're asking. And hey, look at that. I hear you listening to your new podcast apps in your car, huh? Driving home, making the long journey feel a little shorter, eh? Is that what he's doing there, bud? (laughs) Yeah, turning your three-hour drive into a nice little vacation, huh? be a shame if your car ended up on the bottom of a lake splash splash maybe with you in the trunk of it huh? glug glug guzzle guzzle maybe all that can be avoided with a little trip to the quack 12 page on apple podcast all you gotta do is go to apple podcast quack 12 give us internet. five stars yeah the internet you got it bud Five stars. Leave us a little comment. Help other people find it. Maybe it'll help people find you when they find out that you're gone missing. If you catch my drift. You seen the posters on the telephone poles? Yeah, those are those are people that didn't give us fucking five stars. Some of them did. We did it anyways. And then uh, you know what? Uh, oh hey, hey look at look at this podcast listen. On their long inner inner uh, continental flight, making things not so bad. Not wanting to hear that baby wah, by covering wah. it up. Wah wah, so they say. Putting on them headphones, trying to get the sky waitress's attention. Get over here! Give me more of that Quack Twelve podcast. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you? Yeah, you want some more of that Quack Twelve podcast, don't you? Yeah. You want to buy some more from us, don't you? Get it. Get Otherwise, it. you know, because if you don't buy this Quack 12 podcast insurance, you never know when your plane's going to go straight down into the water, into the old Atlantic, Blash. never to be seen again. Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. In case you don't want to be th- part of the rock and roller club of the bottom of the fucking ocean, then I recommend you go to the Quack 12 Patreon. Come on, come on. Why don't you go to the Quack 12 Patreon, give us five smackaroos, and for that we can forget about the whole nasty business have you on your way. Forget about it. 
We'll forget about it, all right? Five measly dollars. That's all I got. Now listen up, punk. Because it looks like you're not seeing so good right now. My boss is talking to you, chump. Aren't you chump? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, let him, let him go, Mikey. Let him go. In the bottom of the fucking ocean. Ayo! Quack, quack. I mean, doing film study in this game was excruciating. It was really sure. difficult to do. I did not. Usually I watch like a full, like the whatever, the longest highlight reel. I was like, I don't want to watch. I'll look at numbers, but I'm not fucking watching this thing. Again. Well, you'll enjoy um, my article that I published this morning because I pulled all the film clips from it. The I mean, the, <laughs> the film clips were terrible. Like, that was the other thing about doing film study in this game that was just absolutely terrible was that, the, you know, because Racer Stadium is half built, like all the camera angles are like field level. Uh, and like so wacky. And like, uh, and they weren't giving us replays they didn't have a sky king because they couldn't right like how could they anchor it um and so like you know the most salient questions are, is like after the fumble when the oregon's blocking disappears on both sides of the ball like well okay who's to blame and what technique and and how is that happening and, like i can't tell like i i, I genuinely I was, can't tell like i was I, sincerely my next question was going to be when when it got to the point in the game where there is where we know they are going to run the ball they have completely abandoned the pass uh you know as far you know my i'm not that smart about football but i know a huge part of the defense is them figuring out oh are they gonna pass or are they gonna run I, once it becomes known that they're going to run does it is did it become obvious to you specifically like why are we not able to stop this? Or is it there a specific not, person? Okay. Or two, two things I should say. One is a caveat, which is that we know in hindsight they were not going to throw the ball. But like True. you have to, you have to remember during the game, you have to be terrified that all of this is setting up for this big play action pass, mm -hmm. right? So like, well, know, I would imagine they, like they're... so Dana Altman's team just played with some walk ons, and if you watched it, Reichel, the actual walk on was just completely unguarded like you could have passed it at any point to him and he could have hit a three that in my head that's what i would imagine the duck defense would be doing with right. this passive like so, i want so you to like, do it right the idea that you know yes you know that they were going to run on every one of those 16 plays and so you having access to that information might hop in a delorean and go back and say just put 11 dudes on the line i you stopped 9 11 but that's just me yeah, yeah right no that's obviously the highest priority is <laughs> winning this football game <laughs> um but like but you have to you know defensive coaches can't do that you know they, they have to they have to at least to some extent respect the pass but beyond that they they ought to they ought to you know by the time they'd run 10 times in a row they ought to be you know able to to know okay okay in this situation they're gonna run the ball and like the numbers indicate that like hell the the numbers through 11 games plus five eighths of the, the 12th game indicate that's the other thing is like the first the first five eighths of this game right like the first half plus the first half of the third quarter right like uh, the numbers look great for Oregon like across the board the numbers look great and not only look great but they look exactly as they would be predicted from you know my charting you know like here's what Oregon statistical profile is here's your Oregon state statistical profile is here's how they mesh together and so here's how I would predict them and for the first five eighths of the game it's exactly how it looks like and then Oregon like goes insane 
and, you know the you know we enter the upside down like we fall through the rotten oak tree in in indiana or whatever it is uh mm. and, and it's you know none of it makes sense anymore um and why that happened no, i can't tell you like the if i if i ever get access to the all 22 i might be able to tell you but just like the camera angles are so bad yeah. that i i like literally at points <laughs> i can't so tell cursed. I can't tell who it is that's in the game. Like I can't tell because like Oregon state, I think had to change out an offensive lineman, but I can, I don't know who it is. Like I literally during this game, I don't know who Oregon state's offensive linemen are at points because like the camera angles are so bad. And it's what like this, a season. I, I know. And I just feel like, I mean, I feel like a total failure as a film, like take all the <laughs> stuff that you're feeling about the game as a fan and like what a gut punch it is. And then add on top of that. Oh, and professionally, I can't do my job you know, and, <laughs> and answer like these like salient questions about like, why did the, the offensive and defensive line stop performing in the final three eighths of the game? Like, I don't know. Like me, I, so, anybody out there got access to the L22, get a hold of me and I'll write an article later, you know, breaking that down. But I don't know. Was there someone on the other side of the field without the stands, just with a phone? Please contact us on a ladder, preferably. Um, I mean, I had tweeted like I remember we were 21 up and I, I tweeted like, is the chainsaw broken? And then the turnovers or the, mm. the penalty. Yeah. Well, fuck. I mean, it did feel like. I mean, and again, it, it was, it's just very clear that if Bo Nix were to have, like so many times throughout the season, the difference for this whole team was, you know, it's coming down to it. Will they be able to sustain this drive? Bo Nix, oh, he rips off like an easy seven-yard run because they gave it to him because it's hard to cover every square inch of the field. We got it. Keep going. Like, that's what made us one of, you know, at one point yeah. the most efficient offense in this whole damn country and uh it's no, just a, it's I, I a funny the scram- season, in fact you know? he scrambles for a first down in this game yeah like, on a gimpy uh, yeah. ankle um and, and it's like i dig the way that oregon scrambles with bo nicks because you know i i'm on record as saying if you've got a quarterback who you love because he's constantly scrambling for first downs for you that like mm-hmm. you've got a problem with your offense oregon yes. was like it's like once or twice a game which is like exactly as much as you want you don't want less than that because that indicates that your quarterback's a statue but you don't want more than that because that indicates there's something seriously wrong with your offensive line and they were hitting the sweet spot which i totally you know like yeah man but it's not the scrambling it's the like it's the make a play it's the you know like you know which for the first five eighths of the game he was doing that and then he just wasn't able to connect on passes but I mean, man, you could put, you could say anyone like you just said, boy, if Bo Nix could just do that, then then then, you know, you're in the bargaining yeah. phase of grief. Like if only, hmm. if only, if only, if only, if we made that if, one punt or if that one punt wasn't blocked, that probably like, here's would the be, thing, man, you could say that about anything. So like anybody on Twitter who's like, no, 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 I yeah. know the reason why Oregon lost this game. It's because of this, because yeah. if that didn't happen, then Oregon won. And, and the answer is it's yes to all of it. Like. Yeah, you know, uh, but the but the flip side to to, to that, you know, the, the 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 equal and opposite observation is like, why did you allow seven things to go wrong? You know, like mm-hmm. like like it, once you exit the bargaining phase of grief and 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 enter the sort of you know honest examination phase, you know, the the assessment and acknowledgement phase that like what this looks like is a total team collapse in all phases of football. And like, there's no, there's, 
there's no other person to put that at the feet of than than dan lanning he's the head coach it's the most tyrannical position in all of american sports is the head mm-hmm. coach of a college football team and he didn't have his guys ready to play eight, you know eight eighths of a football game yeah, he's the highest paid state employee i as an oregonian have the right to be pissed that he lost this game uh sure and and thrilled that jonathan smith won it that's the other thing too where it's just like it's it's just one of those things where it's just like ugh. if if i wasn't a duck fan and like I kind, I am happy that the Beavers are having such a great season. But it's just like I would be rooting pretty hard for the freaking Beavers. But it's just like I'll, I'll take some professional credit. Okay, so twenty, he and Mario Cristobal are hired at the same time, twenty eighteen. Yeah, and Oregon goes nine and four. Uh, uh, Oregon State does not have that good of a record. They don't go to a bowl game. I wrote in my off season preview, you know, summer of 2019 previewing the 2019 season. I think that Jonathan Smith is pound for pound, the best coach in the PAC 12. And I got laughed at. And you know who the primary group of people yeah. who was laughing at me was the folks writing for building the dam, yeah. our sister site for Oregon state. And, uh, yeah, man, like all he's take some credit. Winning. Like he's a good coach. And like, do you know any other team that down, you know, 21 points to their rival, you know, would have fought through and and had, you know, kept throwing interceptions yeah. and, you know, just look like, you know, like, hey, man, that team competed for Jonathan Smith. And, yeah. you know, he 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 found ways to exploit the mistakes that Oregon was making. And he had a solid game plan. He stuck with it. Uh you know, he made the radical decision um, to not have his quarterback throw the ball, and it worked. Like, yeah, man, that's a good coach, and good for them. Like, I mean, and, and they, I mean they're them. they almost beat USC. They almost beat Washington. Yeah, like they're clearly. I mean, they're just a straight up good team, and like, it does help me like not freak the hell out uh, when there's like and not feel hopeless when it's like really looking at the season. I mean, you're yeah, one. It's not losing to four and eight, Cal, you know. Yeah. And the right. three teams we lost to are really actually pretty damn good teams. You know, like Washington at this moment, I would actually, I mean, I'm glad that they didn't make the Pac-12 championship game for a million reasons. One of the reasons is so I don't have to pretend to like root for them or anything like mm. that. But I think that is would actually be the game if you want to knock down USC. I think it's USC Washington actually would be. I mean, it would definitely be a slug match. Like, oh man. I mean, if USC beat UCLA, then they would have beaten Washington because, like, Washington is an even less complete team than UCLA. It like, Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing about Washington is just they're they're really good at one thing. Um, and they have a coach who's very experienced so that he yeah. doesn't, you know, make a ton of mistakes. You just remember like Kalen DeBoer won like 20 NAIA national champions or some, you know, crazy thing That's like nice. that. Um, which like game management is game management. That's definitely mm-hmm. the sort of stuff that translates, you know, up and down, um, the, the talent ladder. There's other things yeah. sort of on the tactical level that don't translate because like, okay, you can't run that play against power five football players because the linebacker is just too fast, you know, or whatever, but mm-hmm. like game management stuff that transits. Anyway, the, um, like 
Yeah, no, Washington's too it's too incomplete of a team. Like they they'd be able to take advantage of a lot of what USC's defensive problems are, but they can't run the ball as effectively as they need to to take it. I had to write up all of USC. I was totally ready to go for a USC statistical yeah. profile, right? So like I, <laughs> I know a bunch about this team. Like, nah, Washington would have they really they wouldn't have been able to hold on to any lead because they can't run the ball effectively enough. And yeah. uh USC's ball hawks would have picked off Penix a couple of times and it would have been it would have looked like the USC version versus UCLA game but instead of a three-point loss it would have been like a 10 to 14 point loss um, that seems fair you know what's the worst thing too is like I would fully 100% be like you know what I'm gonna be a U- USC fan for a little bit if they didn't blow up the <laughs> fucking conference that I love like mm. it's just the timing sucks so shitty that all of a sudden they're good that's right. It sucks so. I don't even really think that they're ball. that good. That, I remember how no. soft their schedule has been. You know. Oh, like, I don't think they're that good. I would just be rooting for them because I'd won a Pac-12 team in the playoffs, and good for all of it. But now I'm like, dude, I don't want this another Big Ten team in the fucking playoffs. I, I can't tell you what to root for. I can all I can do is assess that team and say they don't have a they don't have a national championship caliber yeah. statistical profile. Is all I would say. They may have a Heisman winner though. Sure, hopefully, which is crazy. Yeah. I thought we had the Heisman winner. I mean, we could have, man. Like, he, I mean, that's another one I called on this level. podcast. Remember when we were interviewing the Oklahoma guy, yeah. and I was like, Caleb, Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman next year. Yeah, and he was like, one. wow, that sounds great. Little did he know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that is fun. Uh, unlike that game that we just mm-hmm. talked about. Uh, Aaron, I believe we Yo. have a segment that we need to get to. Yep. Bottom 11. It's the bottom 11. Even though we feel like we're part of the bottom 11. No, 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 no. We are at the very top because we are the Oregon Ducks. The rest of this conference is the bottom 11. Uh, Let's get into how they did and how our picks went. Uh, Let's see. Oh, boy. So it was 56 to 48 and a half. I was in the lead. Yeah, it's not going to go well, buddy. Um, <laughs> this is the regular season, though. Then the the Quack 12 Bull Bonanza begins. So don't worry about it. Bull Bonanza. Bull Bonanza. UCLA played California. This was kind of important because I, I really wanted Washington to not make the Pac-12 championship no matter what. That was kind of important for me. <laughs> and one thing that helped that is UCLA I believe if they beat California, then that made it much harder anyways for Washington, too. Um, I chose UCLA in this because I'm a smart man. Uh, But Cal, being as bad as they are, I don't know. Neither team looks great in this because it was a close one, 35 to 28. And, it, I mean, Cal was able to, like, string enough stuff together, especially with, like, Ott. And, uh, but then DTR did some DTR things, including some less impressive UCLA. I, I don't know. Things kind of averaged out for UCLA at the end. Like, they're a decent enough offense. They get away with a lot of stuff. They do some stupid things. <laughs> like, but they won this. They beat Cal. Um I am so I have no idea what really happened with all the like 
Justin Wilcox possibly being Oregon. I don't even know if a single word of that is true. I'm sure some of parts of it are. I am so fucking glad Justin Wilcox is in our head coach right now, for better or worse. Like I don't, I don't know that it's just not fun at Cal right now. Which I know Cal, the higher ups are not necessarily helping him, but it's that's just not a fun product to watch right, right now. Yeah, well, they did fire. You know Musgrave finally, like yeah, which opens him up for us. I was, I had some OCs I wanted to run <laughs> oh, by you, Hithloday. We got uh, Musgrave. Not, no, David <laughs> Shaw is on uh-uh. the market. I don't know if you heard about that. <laughs> I was hoping if we could hire away. Um, I mean, he's he's proven loyal to Whittingham and won the trust of Whittingham. Oh, so I figured he's, he he would be loyal to Oregon as well. Andy Ludwig. I just want you to think. Those are my personal top three. What do you think of that? I am not a fan of any of those suggestions. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe Musgrave. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's It sucks. I'm sure them firing Musgrave will solve it all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was a hard one. Then, a <laughs> freaking nuts game. I loved this one, man. The Territorial Cup. Arizona, hey, hold on. I mean, a little acknowledgement. Yes. Remember what my weird, wacky pick was? Oh, uh, let's see. I got it. It says weird pick. It was, in fact, was it the Territorial Cup? I no, just no it was. It, well, I, I said that that game was going to be u- weird because the rivalry game is always weird. But no, I said yeah. that UCLA Cal was going to be a closer game than anybody thinks because because Cal's going to play hard and UCLA's not. And that's exactly what happened in this game. That Wait, who won? Is... Uh, UCLA, UCLA. Did, but, um, but only but by one shouldn't. score. It, they should have, I mean, they should have won by three scores, but, you know. Yeah, and Cal did play a lot harder. They were playing their heart out, and UCLA was fucking around. It did really feel like that. So you nailed that one. Well, Next season, I'll try to remember to actually keep a weird pick count so we can track yeah. that. Um, Territorial Cup. I mean, this shit is always going to be weird no matter what. But it, it was, like, electric, man. Like, Arizona was having a lot of success. Well, like, early success. But ASU rallied back. Then they were just, like, trading off scores. Uh, there was a fight that broke out at the very end. Um, but in the end, Jaden Delora delivers the victory for the Wildcats. 38-35. to Gets them to five wins on the season. It was more like Trenton Bergay delivered the win for yeah. the Wildcats. <laughs> that could be it. That could be it. Uh, I'm excited to see what Kenny Dillingham does with him. Um, but, yeah, Jaden Delora, though, was was still like, I mean, he's like the poster boy for it, uh, for the Wildcats. And it was, it was I don't know, I, I, liked, I liked the Wildcats. How can you not? Uh, they got to five wins. And I'm not, it'd be disingenuous to be like, they almost got to a bowl game because it was like, no, they they rightfully lost seven. <laughs> okay, like they were a seven-loss well, get, team. Getting beat by Cal was really that, that you know, I said it at the time, but but it bears repeating, like, those guys yeah. got to be kicking themselves about losing to Cal because it's an eminently, it was an eminently beatable team. Yeah. And I feel like if they played them right now, I feel like if yes. Arizona and Cal played right now that Arizona would win. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, yeah, it, it just, it's just, the, yeah, I think the Arizona was, you know, like I, I broke down their numbers at the end of the season. I haven't done that for everybody yet, but I was curious about Arizona. Um, like Arizona has a, as a bowl game 
uh, a statistical profile, uh, a barely so, but like yeah. they do. Like this wasn't. This, I guess I'll put it this way: this isn't a four and eight team that lucked their way to a fifth win. This is more like a six and six team that, like, unfortunately didn't get six wins. Yeah, hmm. this is like a good team. Like, I would love to see this team get to UConn. UConn's bowl eligible, aren't they? Mm. I forget. I don't know. I don't Jim know. Mora, future Pac-12 coach. He'll he'll get. By the way, there. like way to put the lie to the UCLA. You know, like when UCLA fired Mora to hire Chip Kelly. Like mm. every UCLA fan was consoling themselves with the like, oh, Jim Mora was just puttering out. Like he didn't, he didn't really want to be there. He wanted to be coaching in the NFL. This isn't on UCLA structurally. This is Jim Mora. You know, he didn't want to be coaching college football. People who don't want to be coaching college football do not wind up coaching at <laughs> UConn and taking them to a bowl or, or coming close or whatever it is in their first year. Like that's the yeah. bottom of the barrel football team. If you don't yeah. want to be coaching, you know, football, that is the last job that you would take. So yeah, they're six and six. They're going to a bowl game, man. Like, yeah, I would you know. say I'm straight up. Like I would get to the point. If I was Colorado, I mean, Deion Sanders, like, I, I get taken swing like that. Like, I actually would be like, if you nailed that, I'd be like, hey, whatever, good hire. But um, I think Jim Mora would straight up be a good hire for a place like Colorado. Right? And, and, like, yeah. I know there's a lot of jokes and, like, baggage, but just, like, I actually think it'd be anyone who is able to do that with, well, yeah, I, I actually think it would be a good hire personally. Um, uh, yeah, for, for a program that needs to, like, get off the mat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like stabilize, Def get some recruiting in, like, yeah, sure. Yeah, and it's like he's he's a known recruit, like he may take yeah, I don't know. Um I mean, is he yeah. going to take you to the promised land? I don't know, but like, or is you know, Colorado ever going to get to the promised? But land? I mean, like, Colorado's coming off of such like crazy program instability. Um, you know, like the, just the, their entire time over the last decade has just been you know one disaster after another like just locking down a coach that's just like that's fine whatever he'll get us to a bowl game every year and it'll be okay like mm -hmm. uh you know and then you know like then start looking beyond like yeah you know they, they could definitely do worse yo i think so um let's just hop to them right now they lost to utah 63 to 21 mm. now utah was watching our game or, or was this I, I forget exactly when it turned uh, out oregon was same first time, right oh oregon was first but i think they were going on maybe at the same time i forget but um yeah so utah took care of business like they should and it would have been embarrassing if if it was anything closer than this basically didn't watch a single second of it but um and I'm sure Utah fans, because they needed Oregon State to beat us, were just like, oh, yeah, it's not going to happen. Mm. And we're just thrilled to see Oregon State actually get the upset. And that made it so then I believe uh, we could have made it, as you know, as we all know here. We could have still made it. By the way, I think you chose the buffs because you had to. I chose Utah. Um yeah. We could have made it to the Pac-12 championship game if Washington State beat Washington. And it and that was a late game. I think that was like 7 p.m. or something, like 7.30 p.m. or something like that. Wow. And it was close enough. It was a close game. 
you know, Cam Ward, like there is definitely some, the moment that's definitely stick in my head is they were down two points in the second half and he's running and he's like getting to the end zone, running towards that pylon. And it's a moment where it's like, if he had a little more presence, he would have either kind of leaned towards more into the end zone or switched the ball into his right hand. That would have been enough. But because he runs out in the ball, like, you know, like, like in the like point one yard line is where the ball technically was out. And so he doesn't, there was things like that. I mean, Ugh. the final score was Washington 51 to 33, but it was much, it was closer than oh, that. Yeah. Wazoo, because, Wazoo led for good segments of this game. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the shitty thing was, is that even though I'm bummed out and I'm honestly like, well, with the way Bo Nix is playing, it's all, um, I almost don't, want to go to a Pac-12 championship game, but really I do. Like, even if we get blown out, I always want to go to the Pac-12 championship game as opposed to not. So, mm-hmm. like many Duck fans, I'm sure I'm forced to watch. I would have watched the Apple Cup no matter what, obviously, but I'm forced to watch this Apple Cup in Pullman, and I'm forced to watch a Washington victory. And it made the night just a little bit worse, <laughs> where, like... You know, like, I, I have to watch Washington win now and feel good about themselves because they got 10 wins in a season. And uh, it sent Utah, deservingly? I don't know. I wouldn't say so. But, I mean, the, the, you know, the, it's fair. But Utah is going to the Pac-12 championship game instead uh, because of this results. The Apple Cup, I mean, it was something that was just, it was just Washington's, it, it, was, it ended up being a shootout. Because neither of these defenses were really showing up. And Washington State's defense is just not, I mean, offense is not as efficient as mm-hmm. what Kalen DeBoer's got going. I mean, Kalen DeBoer, DeBoer really is making me think of that uh, uh, that Fresno State team, you know, like, like that he was the coach of uh, that, like, upset UCLA and, like, really, like, took it to Washington and stuff like that. I mean, they where it's just like, well, we got this one thing down really well, and that is going to lead the whole team, and that's definitely what happened in this game. Uh, it w- it was a game, though. It was you know it was exciting. They had security come out and protect the Cougar logo in the middle mm. because wow. Jaden Delora in Seattle when they beat him last year took the flag and planted it in their field, and they didn't want that to happen to their own field, which I thought was a little. A little cringy, but uh huh. I mean, you are the ones who did it, right? <laughs> right. I, I mean, how would that confrontation have gone, though? You know, I know. Like, are like, they going to arrest the person with the flag? Like, or, I mean, were they going to take guns out? Like, were they yeah. going to fight them over the flag? Like, would the Washington football players use the flagpole as a it's weapon? It's Eastern Washington. Like, I'm not going to rule out someone pulling out a gun. I mean, <laughs> like, I. I'm I, I the reenactment of the January sixth like flagpole as weapon thing would just be like, <laughs> dude, how are you? Yeah, Se- security guards to fight football players from from making a quasi political statement is like that's real eerie, man. Yeah, I I think that's I think just let them fuck up your field if you want. <laughs> I don't know. Let them take I mean, down. I mean, they're gonna the resod it anyway, more than likely. I so I mean, is it actually? It's not natural grass. It's oh, they can't yeah. maintain natural grass in Pullman. It's way too cold. Uh, well, it's just like I I personally love 
the whole like I don't want to happen all the time, but if Tennessee beats Alabama and they tear down the goalpost and throw it in a river, that's the kind of just mindless mob mentality that I love. Like that that I actually like. Who's that hurting? You know, when I was post. a kid, uh, Texas A&M pulled out the flagpole, and I feel like it fell down and crushed flagpole. kid. Oh. It was like a I big remember, deal. Somebody died. Don't they, like, I remember there's that famous clip of them, like, actually using it to, like, jab the whole crowd. Like, they, they pulled out the, you know, the goal, the goalposts and, like, <laughs> literally ram it into the visiting section. <laughs> yeah, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, but it's it's dangerous. Yeah, it's too. funny. It's dangerous. It's, it's kind of I mean, funny. They got swords, <laughs> man. Like the the military cosplayers at Texas A and M, they got swords and they like threaten cheerleaders with them. They're weirdos. Yeah, weirdos. They are. Texas. Uh, would you agree? You are from the state of Texas. Would you? Correct. I would agree. They're weirdos. Okay, good to hear. Um, let's let's hop on to a different one. I mean, this one ended up being pretty eventful here. Um, USC, Notre Dame, uh, USC wins this game because they should, because Notre Dame is bad. Remember Stanford did beat them. I mean, I know that doesn't necessarily mean you are like the worst team in the world because Stanford can pull out, they could pull out that magic hat and sometimes there's magic left in it. But, um, like Stanford's not a great team. I'll say that. They do, but they're they're better than when they start. You know, when people were ready to like fire their head coach and stuff like that. But Caleb Williams did some pretty damn impressive stuff that probably won him the Heisman. USC I, won this game in a very USC way. I, I don't think that's true. Like, oh, I, like it. if he wins the Heisman, it'll simply because they, they won this game. Um, uh, but Drew Pine outplayed him in this game by Ooh. like virtually every metric. They uh, the thing that was remarkable was that USC effectively shut down um, Notre Dame's rushing game. Like that was the thing that was really remarkable about this game. Everything else, like really Notre Dame somewhat outplayed them. You know, they had two second half turnovers. They fumbled on the first drive of the second half when they could have like gotten, you know, really gotten back in the game. And then they got back in the game anyway and had a late interception. But like on the metrics, you know, USC gets a quick score at the beginning of the game where they sort of look, you know, unstoppable. He Lincoln Riley does that. He scripts his first drive or two and, and that, you know, that happens. And then you're sort of playing catch up for the rest of the game, you know, against him. But like Notre Dame caught up, like if they didn't turn the ball over and if they could run the ball a little more effectively, like this was definitely a winnable game for them. I know that they won by or lost by 11 points, but you know, whatever. Yeah, no, but the remarkable thing was that they shut down Notre Dame's rushing um, attack. Like, and if they can do that to Utah, then they, you know, game over. Um, which I don't know, man, like, I, I'm not sure why they were able to to effectively shut down Notre Dame's running game. Like, uh, I have to do film study on the game, which I'm not going to do now. But like, um, that was like my definitely like project one that I was thinking of, uh, you know, figuring out. I don't know. USC is an interesting enough team and they'll have a really interesting offseason you know, in terms of who they're losing. Um mm-hmm. Uh, Hopefully, Caleb Williams. <laughs> no, he's still got L left. I guess he has to say, right? Yeah. I mean, he's a true sophomore. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, I just wish. Maybe he'll just decide to transfer to Bama for some reason because he just likes Alabama. That sounds good and plausible. 
Uh, yeah, USC. Did, have they returned some? I know their defense at one point had like a lot of injuries. Was there any like fresh faces that had returned in this I, game that you noticed or anything? I, or? N- I, I don't know the answer to that question. And you don't have to know the answer to that question. I mean, I will nice. know by the time, uh, by like May or June or whenever it is I write my 2023 USC preview, but I don't have to know right now. You so. don't have <laughs> to know right now. Listeners. Pay attention, because that's coming in, like, May. Uh, and then I do believe there's one game left which proved eventful. Uh, Stanford band was up to some pretty funny uh, Stanford uh, in some cutting satire. That I'll I had people up. in my DMs telling me to tell you to go easy on Mormons. Oh, your comments about that. <laughs> okay. Oh, dang. Which like, uh, I don't like funny. how how it is that I become like the r- referral base. Tell Adam service. Well, I'm well, not there. To anyone who can anyone buffer. who has that theory who's think I'm being if, a, a religious listener. Bigot. If you think that Adam should chill, you should contact Adam directly. Not you me. Can contact I me. am not my <laughs> Podcast. You're my religious leader. I would always, I've always I, said, I am definitely not your. I am neither your leader nor your keeper. I would say, or the Oregon Ducks. That's my religion. exactly what Jesus said. The Oregon Ducks are my religion, and you're kind of like a priest to it. I would say. Uh, so you're the Jesus uh, of football, my dear boy. I just, I, I, yeah, I took a Actually, shot at BYU. Old Testament quote, not a New Testament. Never mind. I took a shot at BYU. Any listeners who's uh, who were kind of offended by what I said on Twitter, first of all, I fully support what I said on Twitter. Second of all, uh, grew up in the Mormon church, so that certainly gives me any kind of... Uh, you did? Ab- yeah, absolutely. Grew up wow. in it. no idea. Um, yeah, so th- that certainly gives me any kind of immunity to oh you just being a, a religious bigot you should anyway uh, you know any <laughs> such commentary with as a jack mormon yeah yeah as as an as an ex-mormon my man i don't know believe whatever you want to believe uh stanford band did some yeah some controversial edgy stuff uh and i feel like I, the, the the just the diet you know the dramaturgical purpose of the stanford band is the what classically would be understood as the fool right like they say uncomfortable truths or half truths and mm-hmm. get you to squirm and the point is that if you try to execute execute the fool that you have become the fool and that it like really is. It, so you know all forces that are attempt that have ever tried to ban or you know execute or whatever the the stanford band it's like the jokes on you man you know like you 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 fell into the trap like if that thing didn't bother you it wouldn't have bothered you like yeah that, i will say so i i didn't really want to get into this but i will in the I way that like if i say to lebron james you're a terrible basketball player like mm. he laughs right like that mm. isn't that's you know and, and if i get like really like if he laughs and then i say well actually i broke down your numbers and you know going to the left you know on you know when you're playing away from home when you don't have this dude to pass to you actually are a really terrible basketball player lebron he he might get a little rift on the other hand like he makes millions of millions of dollars like it's you know that's sort of like i can tell the truth and you're supposed to laugh is that you know my you know if, on the other hand like that dude is rightfully, you know, uh, uh, enraged that someone would pay a racial slur, uh, you know, near his home, you know, because like that pain lingers, right? Like there's different kinds of pain and mm. like, and, and to attack the band for pointing out, 
you know, the, you know, policies of the church, which have been, you know, socially counterproductive and against what would, you know, best be understood in the, you know, the teachings of Jesus Christ of, of forgiveness and tolerance and, and acceptance mm. of, you know, the most humble, it's just like, that's what the fool's job is. And when you go after the fool or when you go after the dude on Twitter, who's, you know, playing the fool that Adam, in case you need some help following the metaphor here, that's you, uh, <laughs> like you've, you, you fell for it you know don't yeah. fall for it you know make make these examinations well and i will I say specifically I what, what i said did well this so the what the band did i i will get into this a bit because i i don't want to alienate and alienate absolutely every mormon listener that we have but i do want to make a case for what this is well for what the band which i think they could have used comedy punch-up writer on perfect sure, but they're kids, i think so the premise could have been a little do. stronger the idea of what they did and this is a marching band in theory. Yeah, <laughs> they're a scatter band. They don't march. This is a Ken. Uh, yeah, true. This is a Ken Kesey esque Mary Pranksters like inspired marching band. Um, they did uh, like a mock version of some kind of wedding ceremonies that Mormons would believe is very sacred. So it is a cutting thing to them, right? And I agree that is some cutting satire, which in this great country of ours, anyone is willing to do. And apparently this band is too. And so they did that, but they did a, a mock marriage between two women. And so that is all they did. But it's clearly just being like, yes, because you have a problem where it's like, you know, like you can say whatever you want, but you're not allowed to be gay. Actually, you know, in the Mormon church, they do not have their blessing. They do believe that that is a sin and that you sh will go to some place where you'll be punished for that. That is the thing they believe. They're elders. What I said on Twitter is don't worry, BYU fans that are upset by that. Your church, hopefully, I'm hoping, will inevitably change their mind on that just like they did on black people, which is a historic oh, fact yeah. in 1977. So if you want to come at me, come <laughs> at me against those historic facts or something I hope happens for your church so you're less bigoted. And then the other thing is a historic fact. Right. So I don't know if we lost you by it's nice to have these reality <laughs> checks so I don't have to listen to some. Anyways, yeah. David I, Shaw. Yeah, the only uh, thing please. I'll get it is that like, if you actually look at where the LDS church has been directing its political contributions, like, you know, in, in 2008, uh, they, they were directing funds towards California, you know, gay marriage, uh, stuff. They've really dried up on that question. And like, yeah, the church is a political entity, you know, all churches are, um, mm -hmm. and like the, 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 the idea that church policies are, you know, unchanging and they don't, uh, you know, they, they don't, you know, wind up, uh, that the, these things, you know, are as they ever, you know, you know, no, you know, no creed has ever been like that. No church has ever been like that. No church is ever totally insensitive to the political or secular realm. No church, you know, doesn't revise its doctrines. Like there's like the, 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 you know, yes, exactly. These things happen. In fact, they happen before your eyes. Mm -hmm. I mean, and millions of Catholics went through it in during the 20th century. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Not something I like to bring up, but I don't know. Probably not going to bring it up again, listeners. But there you have it. Um, but David Shaw resigns after this loss to a bad BYU team. 
Um, just bad on the well, football. They were good when Oregon played them. Yeah, they really were. They were, they were wonderful. They were the best team in the country. But um, yeah. So David Shaw. I don't think curious this what game happens. broke him. I think he was just planning to resign at the end of the season. And... I think so. I wonder when. I wonder if there was talk at the beginning of the season, if there was a possibility that he would resign if the season tanked, or like if it was like maybe halfway, was it a week ago? Was it like I, I'm curious when what the backdoor stuff is. I do imagine it is him walking away, just being like eh, and but like the the administration I think him walking away rather than being fired. Yeah. Like I don't think the administration cares. In fact, I think the re- the administration is probably pissed off because they're like, man, we got to do football stuff now. We got to find <laughs> like a replacement coach and pay him money and shit. Like, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but he'll be ROC, so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. what happens. Um, I and and I would not want to be the person who has to hire the football coach there i mean maybe i would because that person gets paid a lot and they'll not be under as much scrutiny as as other people who have that job but uh yeah i mean it's gonna be a tough fill for that specific position head coach at stanford um all right luckily we got one more segment but it's gonna be really quick (laughs) really quick All right, number six USC versus number fourteen Utah. I mean, those the numbers don't even matter, and I think those are updated. But like, yes, USC Utah. If USC wins this game, they base they are in. I would say the uh, the playoff. I think that's huh. very a fair assumption. If Utah wins. They're probably in the Rose Bowl. I think you put them in the Rose Bowl, I guess, since they're the Pac-12 champion, which would be a pretty big deal. I mean, it's kind of, they lucked out a little bit, but it's still impressive how often they get to this championship game. You can't, you can't really write them is. off. Um, and if they got to a Rose Bowl, that would be nuts. But, I mean, USC is is favored, at least in conversation, but there are people out there like... Them Texas Trojans? Yeah, I guess. Um, if you want to call them that, I don't know why you would. But um, yeah, I mean, Utah is is Utah. I I would pick USC. I guess I'm picking USC. Uh, by the way, I won the contest. This the regular season pick them. I am the champion. Yeah, big time. Huzzah to me. Yeah. Well, obviously, Adam, I have to uh, go old school with this one, and I'm sticking with the Utes. Makes sense. I'm going makes my sense. cousin Vinny rules. Yeah. Yeah. The movie does rule, so it makes sense. I mean, I don't want USC to win. Uh, I'll we'll double lock it in. This podcast is a Utah fan uh Utah fan podcast for this minute. We're we're in it. <laughs> we want it. Uh what about you, Hitler Day? Who do you think will win this game? How do you think this game will go? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Like I um, I, I really, both of these teams have evolved over the last two weeks in kind of interesting or three weeks in, in like different directions than I would have predicted. And yet I haven't really been paying attention to them. So I, uh, you know, I, I don't like, or, or not as closely as I, you know, I might otherwise would have, uh, the, 
if USC can shut down Utah's running game, that's a really interesting development. If, but on the other hand, if you look at the Colorado box score, it really looked like Cam Rising was diversifying his passing profile. And I also think that, that he was still sort of having some lingering injury issues that he might, you know, two weeks when he played Oregon that like two weeks later might be a little, you know, closer to resolved. Um, uh, I don't know. I actually think that this will be a pretty like tough you know, game. I, I don't think that either team's going to, you know, I don't really think of blowouts on, you know, on board, um, you know, for this one, I, I think it's actually going to be, you know, a pretty good game. U- USC ought to win, you know, based on the whole sweep of the numbers um, simply because I don't think that um, I, I think that, I think that Lincoln Riley lost the game the last time that they played. And I think that he's probably pretty, you know, his record at the big 12 is that he would get revenge um, once they instituted the, the championship game. Like he beat ISU the second time he played him in 2020, for example. Um, I, you know, th- they ought to win, but I don't think that Utah is going to roll over in this game at all, even though they're sort of outclassed um, from a talent perspective pretty significantly Hmm. i mean hey they got those chips on their shoulders jim rats coaches sons Hmm. every one of them i really i really want to know how it is that that usc stopped notre dame's run game like if i knew the answer to that question i'd give you answer this one more confidently and i don't have to answer that question so like i guess i'm kind of kicking back and saying i don't know (laughs) fair enough fair enough well, Hitler Day, that is the last regular season that we will cover on this uh, regular season game that we'll cover on this year podcast this year. It's been really fun breaking all these down. We got some bowl game in the future that I'm excited about. For me, it's really crucial. Like, there were so many bad crystal ball bowl performances where, I mean, I, I, don't know, I, I like the Rose Bowl. That was fun. That was wonderful. But I'm thinking about uh, that Red Box Bowl. It was a win. But, you know, and just stuff like that. Just like, and, and I mean, most recently against Iowa State, we're just, it would just mean a lot, I would imagine, just to see a lot of, like, good effort, especially considering who, you know, how many players we may lose, even to the transfer portal or going pro. Like, before then, I would just love to see kind of a rally, a, a, a good showing you know, like like uh, Dillingham's not going to be there. So there's a lot of th- of of stuff to. I'm not even expecting a win against the we play. I would just like to see. Um, I don't know. I, I it, it'll be a tall order. I guess I'm saying with all this change. Yeah, beats me. I, I the major thing I want to see is special teams getting cleaned up. Like I, that'd be nice. I mean, I, I mean, that was that was freaking class. Like no one's no one believes me when I say this. But that uh, Fiesta Bowl against Iowa State in 2020, mm-hmm. on the stats from scrimmage, Oregon outplayed Iowa State. Not by much, but they did. Um, and that it, it went on, like I think, five special teams turnovers. It was just like an absolute catastrophe from a special teams perspective, which like that Oregon seems to have like one game a year or so in which the, just the special teams goes completely like what the hell dude and it like it cost him a game and then i'm left at the end of it to be like i mean on the numbers oregon should have won pretty cleanly in this game well if they got that game out of their system against oregon state like i don't know i guess i'd I would like to see that in the bowl game. I, I want to see, you know, I, I want to see a, a lot smarter special team stuff. I've actually been pretty consistently disappointed with Oregon's special teams decision making, um, with the exception of kicking, you know, 
their their yeah. decision making in total with the both when they are employing special teams and the guys who are returning kicks what decisions that they are making i've been pretty disappointed with oregon special teams this year the only thing i have not been disappointed in has been cam lewis who's made every single field goal that's been in extra yeah. that's been asked of him with the exception of that like really long one which yeah you know no one's gonna make that kick uh like hell yeah, yeah. way Cam to go camden lewis. lewis yeah absolutely absolutely especially when like he was getting some flack like early on like it, yeah, it's nice that consistent as hell aaron yo i know this game made you angry i'm I, there would be times in our past where we would talk about the alamo bowl and i was always like it's unfortunate that aaron wasn't there to see that specific thing i felt this felt like a little bit i mean it's not it's different but also like some of the same kind of gut pain felt similar to that. So yeah. I was excited to go with that through you uh, or get that. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> I got uh, you. That being said, uh, any any last words of wisdom for you out? Uh, no, I don't have any words of wisdom because I just want to blame the coach. <laughs> Hey, there you go. I mean, he's the millionaire. He's the dude at the top, you know. Sounds yeah, good to me. you know, something hit me when you said that old schmo boy went to go be a head coach where Arizona State. Kenny Dillingham, yeah. Yeah, that this game isn't about the game. This game isn't about the players. This game is about a core group of dudes who are just trying to get as much money as possible. <laughs> that's what it's about, and that's what I root for every week. Yeah. I just want uh, contracts to go higher and higher. Yeah. And so, higher maybe my words well. of wisdom are this. Uh, let's try and remember money. what the game is about, y'all. Cash. Oh, wait. No, having fun. Oh, yeah, having fun hey, and for your team. We need to redirect right. our the attention. The bowl and game maybe... is the 15 extra practices that they get. Which it really much is. Need. Yeah. Really Oregon is. State, I look forward to hating you next year. Huskies, I welcome you into my loving embrace. Fuck Casually. Because once up. a duck, always a duck. Um, yep. This is a fun app. See you all yep. next week. Thanks a lot, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> quack, quack. Quack. <laughs>